You're very, you're very welcome along to Mark's Motivational Podcast. A very happy morning to you. Tonight I'm joined by um, a special guest, um, Alan Conlon. Um, it was a really good interview. Thanks a lot, Alan, for coming, coming on the podcast tonight. I really hope the listeners enjoyed it. So enjoy. Thank you. Hello, welcome to Mark's Motivational Podcast. Um, hope you're all doing really well tonight. Um, tonight I have a bit of a treat for you. I'm joined by Alan Conlon. Um, he, he's, a, he's a marathon runner and he does a lot of triathlons as well. So I'm looking forward to t- speaking to him. Um, you're very welcome along tonight, Alan. Hi, hi, Mark. How are you? Thanks, thanks very much for, for having me on. It's, it's an absolute pleasure to, and I'm really looking forward to the chat. Yeah, no, thank you very much for taking the time to come on as well. Like, I really appreciate it. Um, so I suppose we'll start with um, how you got motivated to, to, to start the triathlons and the marathons and um, stuff like that, Alan. Yeah, I'll take you back kind of to 2015. Yeah. Um, I suppose in 2015, I would have been, you know, overweight. I would have been living a very unhealthy lifestyle. I would have been a, a typical social drinker. Um, I really wouldn't have placed any emphasis on eating healthily and looking after myself. Mm. Um, and with a couple of spurts of, of, of moments between trying to get back into fitness and then quickly falling off, I, I found myself in the pattern of, you know, giving a go for a few weeks and then falling off for a few months. Yeah. Um, so back in roughly November 2015, I, I got some bloods taken and kind of got a wee bit of a reality check just about the damage I was doing to my health. Yeah. Uh, and then in February 2016, I was challenged to a duathlon by by a friend of mine. Um, I, I I don't think there was any hope for me to win that. <laughs> yeah. But um, I happened to do a bit of training and quite competitive because I suppose just to give a wee bit of background, I would have been quite sporty um, and good at sports from a younger age for playing soccer, Gaelic, rugby and played American football. So I always had that competitive nature, but yeah. I lost for a few years. Mm. Um, so when I won that race and won it quite well, that just lit that fire in me then to to get that competitive edge and to really start kind of pushing my pushing my limits and pushing my boundaries and, and really challenging myself. Um, so that's how I got into triathlons. Then from that duathlon, I learned how to swim. Uh, I learned how to, to ride a bike properly. I learned how to put it all together. Um, I conquered my fear of seawater because I was absolutely petrified. Um, and then I completed um, two half Ironmans, uh, one in Dublin and one in Mallorca, uh, finishing in the top 10% um, wow. on, on my first two outings. Um, and then that rolled on then to a marathon in Munich in 2018. Um, I done that in three hours 31. And then I went back to Copenhagen in May 2019. Uh, I did that in three hours 19. And that rolled in then to January 2020, where I did a 45 kilometer mountain, uh, mountain run in the middle of the night down in Ballyhora Mountains. Um, now that was probably the biggest test, one of the biggest tests, uh, emotionally and physically, um, that, that, that I've had to date. And then that led me nicely into, I was training for the Amsterdam marathon. Then this year I got myself a coach and was hoping to crack the three hour, uh, three hour time. And then in obviously in with COVID happened, things started to change. So I had to reassess then kind of what sort of a what sort of a plan or how I'd make use of my training 
So between guys that I follow like Brian Keane and Shane Finn and Tom Otten and uh, Marcus Smith, all guys that are into ultra endurance, I kind of had the appetite or had the idea in mind to do like a marathon to Sablas or a desert ultra race kind of next year. But then I had a, a conversation with my coach and we looked at the possibility of maybe running seven marathons here in Ireland. And mm. um, so the idea came about about running cross country and um, starting in Clare and working away across County Louth and um, to run a marathon a day for seven days covering 297 kilometers um, having never run two marathons back to back. So some might say it was a, a, a wee bit crazy. Um, so, we, so we came up with a training plan and then within basically four months we i conditioned myself then um i got a nutritional coach i mentally prepped myself and the challenge took started actually last week on the 8th of november and i managed to put five marathons back to back um and get increasingly faster nearly every day until unfortunately my achilles give in on the fifth day um but I, I got involved with the local um, Rock Salt running team there in Black Rock and they, they were very good and they managed to chip in with two marathons for the last day to complete the 7-7 seven and seven challenge. So that's kind of a quick synopsis of uh, mm. my journey over the last three or four years. So it really went from not doing very much, not being very motivated to just getting the news that I was doing damage to myself, that, it, you know, that, that there was a price to pay for living a very unhealthy lifestyle. And that just kicked my arse into gear to to kind of make changes and I think mm. it all starts with the decision to change. Yeah what was did you at Long? Well done um Alan that's that's amazing story like you know um to, to go from you know to get that information and then to to make you motivated to to, to start all the marathons and the triathlons like well, well done to you really really well done I said the listeners um thank you are motivated by listening to you like if they are feeling like they they're just sitting around and watching too much Netflix right now you can really start off slow and build it up can't you Alan like what is a duathlon sorry I, I just never heard of that a, 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 a duathlon is a run cycle run. So yeah. it kind of they usually happen kind of in in, in early early springtime and um, mid springtime as kind of warm ups towards kind of triathlon. But they're, they're, they're it's an outstanding event in its own right. But a lot of triathletes yeah. would use it as warm up kind of in the early spring months to get themselves geared up for a triathlon. Mm. But that's great. Even winning the winning the actual at the start that really boosted you when he won the the actual event. Like well done. That must have felt amazing. Like the to to yeah. like for only to keep to get going like at um like the yeah. ultramarathon you know yeah. it's 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 funny yeah because you know I look back at it now and physically I was still still out of shape you know what I mean so it wasn't yeah. but it it, it 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 just whatever that did for me in that moment that feeling of you know that I I felt down and out because I just you know I was definitely lacking in confidence and self esteem and body image and you know, not having the, the, the motivations to kind of really do anything or exercise. And I, you know, from being a person that was physically mm -hmm. healthy and, and, and yeah. motivated. Um, and then I just fell into that lull and that kind of the years just kind of clocked by and nothing mm -hmm. changed and more weight went on. And then when I got the news that, that you know, that, that I was actually causing damage to myself, I, I, that's kind of pricked my ears and go, well, something needs to change here. Mm -hmm. And the timing then of my friend challenging me to, to, to that race and with no expectations of me winning because, because of my lifestyle, because of my weight, because of my inexperience with, 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 with the event. Um, and from there, it really has just 
absolutely catapulted um, and acted really like a snowball effect. So it all kind of led to, I suppose it all starts with, you know, we place these limits on ourselves. We all limit ourselves to what we think we can do. Yeah. And what I started doing was chipping away at every ceiling that I thought I, I, I hit. So when I reached one level, I was like, well, like, I, I'll never be able to do a sea swim. And then I'll do a sea swim. And, I, and so then that would challenge me. Well, I can do a, a sprint distance um, triathlon. Can I do an Olympic distance triathlon, which is a, a longer distance? And then I, I done that. And then I said, well, maybe can I do a half Ironman distance? So I always kept pushing it every time I exceeded my expectations. And it just goes to show you that we really do put a very low level limits on ourselves. You know, we have yeah. all received limits of, you know, I could never do that. And, you know, a lot of people say it to me, I could never run a marathon. And I'd ask mm -hmm. them, well, have they ever even tried? Yeah, and yeah. a lot of them would say no. So they've already told the narrative they've told themselves is, I'm not able to do that. Rather than I choose not to at the minute, and you know I've never given had the opportunity to actually try it. Yeah, because so like, it's a massive it's like, difference. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just kind of saying it's a massive it's a massive difference from telling yourself that, you know, oh I can't do that. I mm. can never do something like that, and then saying, well I've never tried or attempted something like that. Yeah. And at this moment in time, I'm choosing not to do it. You know, it's a massive difference. Yeah, it's like the opposite. Like you're very good. Um, um, I, I love that. Very good. But um, the the obstacle, like you didn't let the obstacle defeat you. Like the way you were saying, you, you had a fear of seawater. So you you just done it, and as you say, like you, you broke through a barrier, and um, like you know, you, you, after that, you felt really happy about it that you you were able to do the triathlon then like um because me myself i do the marathons as well like i've, I've run yeah. um two double marathons and the amsterdam marathon i did a half in amsterdam before and it, it's okay. a really a really good one like because um you got a band at each at each um each mile so it's oh it's, yeah it's like the a rock and roll here the rock and roll marathon yeah yeah it's, and, it's a really and good the, one. Atmos the atmosphere the atmosphere at marathons is fantastic as well it's such an adrenaline rush and I, I, I'm a very competitive person. I just, I love that atmosphere. I love the competition yeah. and I just right. love that type of environment, you know, but we're, we're all capable of extraordinary things and the body is capable of extraordinary things if you allow yourself to think that way, you know, um, because a lot of, I would have told myself a very negative narrative for a long time. It's like, you know, I'll never be fit. I'll never be able to run a fight, able to swim. And that really is a shift from a fixed mindset, you know, that's, yeah. well, this is my limits now. That's as best as I can do. Whereas I flipped that on its head and I started kind of breaking through those ceilings and challenging my thinking and challenging myself. And why did I think this way? And often when we say sweet swimming, you know, the idea is often worse than the actual event itself. You know, you create this um, prison in our head and all these ideas that it's going to be awful and what if this and what if that and often yeah. nine times out of ten the event is actually nowhere near as bad as you ever created it to be it also sometimes it's good just to actually get in there give it a go and and let go of the outcome not have attached this so oh, i hope i'm not bad at it or mm. i don't fail at it you know what i mean let go yeah. of that expectation because there's only there's only learning from things I used to worry about what people thought. I used to always worry about, oh, I try, I'm afraid to fail. But now, you know, like this week, I set myself the challenge of trying to run seven marathons in seven days. I've never run two marathons back to back. So the scope there for, I suppose, inverted commas failure is huge, you know. But yeah. but I, I kind of had to applaud myself for having the courage to step up and, and believe in myself having no experience or anything like that to say, I'm willing to give this a go. And if it doesn't work out, I'm fine with that. You know, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, fair play. That's what, like two back-to-back marathons. And um, what kind of training did you have to do for that, um, Alan? Like, what, what kind of what kind of miles would you have to, have to do to to train for such an event? Yeah, well, I as I said back in February, I was training to to run a three-hour marathon. So I I I, I um, enlisted a, um, a running coach, James Leddingham, based in Kilkenny. Yeah. And I teamed up with James, and we done. Um, aerobic threshold testing so i train specific to heart rate zones okay so yes. so james james had laid out a structure for me um obviously in an attempt to break three hour marathon from february up till june so i was following a normal training plan specific to my heart rate zones okay so then in order then in order then to adapt to the seven marathons the training in itself didn't change an awful lot there was definitely um a bit more mileage so i was clocking up um, the first month in July, I clocked up about 250, and then it increased about 10% every month. So the longest, I think, was 330 or 340 kilometers in October. So it was all about, uh, we focused on efficiency rather than just long, monotonous miles. There was lots of tempo, there was lots of intervals, there was increasingly long runs, and about being efficient with our heart rate zones and conditioning the body to cope with the, uh, to recover as best as it can, to cope with back-to-back marathons. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah, that sounds, that's really good, because, um, like, you know, when, when you started Forrest back doing um, competitive runner, running, um, how did you, yeah. you approach that, like, in other way, you, before you'd done your Forrest, um, uh, sorry, the, the Forrest racing again, uh, when you were back training for it, uh, did you at long, was it? Where this, this, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, how did you? What kind of training for people listening? Like, what advice could you give them if they wanted to get into some kind of training, um, training regime? Um, could you kind of give the listeners a bit of advice uh, how to how to actually start back if they're they haven't like? Because I'd be the same when I was a kid. I used to do a lot, but then in my twenties, everybody kind of just has that slum where they they go out and they they party a lot, you know. But um, for yeah. for getting back into it, like um, what 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 structure did you what structure did you have yourself, um, Alan? Well, for the for the, for the first time, the first race getting back into it uh, again, I had no experience of ever doing a duathlon, so yeah. I just kind of it's a run cycle run. So what I did was I practiced cycling the bike, and then I practiced running off the bike. Because running off running running is a lot different when you come off a bicycle. Your legs are a lot. They're like jelly and it, it takes a long time to condition them so oh, i just kind of made that up myself and um, i made that up myself but as i went on then and started to gain experience i sought out help so the advice i would give to anyone seek out help from people in the know or people with experience and and, and get yourself a plan and a structure and um, i find accountability having a coach is absolutely immense for me the fact yeah. that i can have someone who's experienced someone who's knowledgeable structure and a plan for me and that then uh, I'm accountable not only to myself but to someone else and that's just enough for me to keep me focused even when there's the down times because people have to understand you know when you get into training whatever it is if it's gym if it's running if it's cycling you're always going to have ups and downs especially if you're working full-time or you're married or you have kids or you have a personal life there's going to be ups and downs and you're not always going to be breaking your PBs. So I think, I think it all starts with kind of putting your ego aside. I, th- I mean, I think it has to start there. You know, people often say, oh, I used to be able to run 5K in this time. I used to be able to cycle, you know, in this time. And it's like, well, that's all in the past. That's gone now. So yeah. you have to park your ego aside and, and, and start from where you are now. 
mm-hmm. and not focus on the past and not focus too far ahead. Focus on what you can do now. Get yourself a coach. Get yourself a structure. Get yourself some accountability and set yourself a goal because I often found that when I set myself a goal of running a marathon or doing a race, but those evenings where I come home from work and I'm tired and I just want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix or eat biscuits, the decision-making process became a lot easier because then I would say to myself, does sitting here on the couch take me closer to my goal of completing that race or does getting off my arse and get out and put my runners on to get me closer? So that eliminated the kind of, whereas if I don't have anything planned, I'm sitting on that couch all evening and I'm eating Pringles and I'm watching Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about, it's, it's about understanding yourself and finding a way then to kind of uh, find your own motivation to 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 what because everyone is a different we're all different individuals and different motivations and different wants and different needs so understand yourself works for you if that's a little treat maybe after you run so be it if it gets you out you know and um, so work do what works for you yeah yeah no very well said like that's great advice for everybody like i love that part what you're saying about um a little treat, I think, is very important at the start as well. Like you know, because you're probably seeing that thing counts to five k for people, which is which is all over the place at the moment. Which I think is a is a great thing for people, isn't it? Would you agree with me? No, I think it's one of those sports. Like, I, like, I mean, I'll be honest, but I don't love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love it. I love it. You know, um, can you hear me there, Mark? Yeah, you just break up a little bit. Sorry, I, I can always edit out, but you just, yeah. Yeah, no, that's fine. I was just saying there that, that running is one of those sports. It's, it's very cheap, you know, pair runners. And, yeah. you know, um, you can get out at any time with very limited expense. And, you know, I'd always say to people, don't look at it as just running. Look at it as well as what it can do for your personal professional life. Because mm. all the elements, you know, involved in running, motivation, determination, resilience, discipline, you know, all of those things are transferable into your personal professional life. So it's not just a case of outrunning and sweating and, and, and that. It, there's so much things that you can take that will transform your, your, your mindset, which, which, which changes your personal life, which changes your professional life, you know, um, which I think is very important to, to kind of highlight. It's not just physical activity. It's just so much more to it than just that. Yeah, well said, well said. I read you 100% there. Because um, and, and there's loads of other ways that you can be motivated to do exercise. Like um, speaking from a personal point of view, I, when, I, when I was like, as I said, we all kind of in our 20s, we kind of can, um, can just relax and not do a lot of exercise. A lot of us can be like to have a stage and it could be not be their 20s, but some kind of stage in their life. But I started a job that like was you had to get out of place uh, for an hour when you work there just to get, get a clear ahead. So I yeah. started walking. And then I start running a little bit with a friend of mine I work with. So it's good for people to do that, even if, you know, to, to change your day, to schedule it that way, it, just to get, a, get, a, get away from a job you don't like or something, something that you, you like to get away from. Like, especially now, yeah. if you're stuck in a house, you need to get out. It's good to get out and do stuff, you know, would you agree with me? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you use that energy in, in, in a good way. Use that negative energy. So if you're unhappy at work or you're unhappy in your personal life or whatever, use that energy and channel it in the right way, you know, because we all have tough days at work. We all have difficulties in relationships and friendships and financially. You know, there's so many different things that's going on in the world right now. It's very tough for people, but use that negative energy and, and rather than use it to sit on the couch, use it to kind of maybe get out for a run, you know, and as well as that, 
you know, everybody's limits is relative, you know, so a five kilometer run could be a marathon to some people. Yeah. You know, a 10k run could be equivalent of an ultra marathon to some people. It's all relative and don't be thinking that you have to be out running marathons or you have to be out doing half marathons. You know, there's as much, to me, there's as much um, pride in doing a 5k as doing a marathon because, you know, everyone's effort levels is relative to, 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 to their own. Um, so, and bit by bit, I always use the piggy bank system. So people always say, I can't get out for an hour every day. I can't get out for 45 minutes every day. Well, I said, even if it's 10 minutes, even if it's five minutes, those little pennies over the year, all that up, you know? So there really is no excuses um, to not get five, 10 minutes or 15 minutes exercise in a day or whatever it may be. But then the other side of it is, I'd always be an advocate as well of, of resting your body and showing yourself some self-compassion too. Now, that's not to say that you let yourself off lightly if you sit down and have a biscuit or you eat some cake. You know, it's very important that the, the, the narrative that you tell yourself, you know, I notice it in particular around food. People will often say, oh, I had a biscuit. I'm terrible. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I'm putting on weight or I ate that piece of cake. I'm terrible. You know, and they're feeding themselves a very negative narrative yeah. anytime they have a treat when the whole day might have been actually perfect. But mm. that little piece of cake or that little piece of chocolate suddenly then, that's not going to be the piece of thing that's going to put on weight. But the narrative you're telling yourself, no more than if you eat uh, takeaways every night, your body's going to start to fail you. So if you're feeding your mindset um, the equivalent of junk food, what do you think your mindset is going to be like? So it's very important what you feed your mind that, mm. that you can say, well, I had a biscuit and so what? You know, I'm going back training tomorrow or I'll get my ass in gear tomorrow. You know, show yourself some compassion and get yourself back on the horse as quick as you can. Don't let it kind of uh, ride out for a few weeks if, if, if you end up binging on having a few drinks or you have a takeaway. Show yourself some self-compassion. You are human after all, but, yeah. but get back on the saddle very quickly. Yeah, like, oh yeah, that's, that's spot on. Like, I agree with you 100% there. Because even like, uh, you probably agree with me, like everything's good in moderation. If you're, you know, if, if once a week, if you have a takeaway, that, that's fine. Especially when you're doing, um, when, you're, when you've got like a, a kind of a schedule for each day during the week, like, be it going out for a little run or a cycle or whatever it may be, like it's very important, especially now to have a little schedule during the day. You know, like I was saying in the previous podcast, if you kind of schedule your day, if you do your like a morning routine, it's very, very important, I think, you know, to set yourself up for the rest of the day. Is there any kind of schedule you do yourself, Alan, that during the day that, you know, you, you say in the morning routine? Yeah, or, I, I do actually, funny enough, I I kind of work shift work, so it kind of can kind of adjust itself. But at the same, I still I, I have a routine for most days, you know, and that can all change. You know, I'm just looking at one of my whiteboards that I had for for my race plan last week, and so I write stuff up up on a whiteboard, and I'd say my task maybe to get done today. So I'll say, you know, if I'm meeting a friend for a coffee, or if I need to make a couple of phone calls, or if I need to sort out a few admin things, uh, then I slot in my training. If I need to do some food prep, so I think again. When you write down kind of goals or throughout the day, it doesn't have to be every nitty little gritty thing, but yeah. the main points that you need to get done in the day. I think when you write them down, and again, it makes you accountability. There's the word that pops up again is accountability. Writing those tasks down, you know, um, you know, the, the best way to eat an elephant is, is by piece by piece, you know, little by yeah. little. And, and, and so, so, so I, I, I would say the night before going to bed, 
I sometimes would take out, a, not every night, but I'll take out a logbook there and I'll write down maybe five or six jobs or, or, or things that need to be done. And I kind of put a rough time on it at that, you know, so Very allowing good. yourself some flexibility for, for unplanned changes or um, issues popping up without the day. But I think when you see it written down, when you get up in the morning and the satisfaction of ticking off the list as you go along is immense. And once you get into that kind of habit, it's a bit like driving a car. When you're first starting to clutch a car, you know, I don't know about you, but I was absolutely terrible and um, getting the gear stick not to make strange noises. But now, like, you hop into a car and it's nearly, it just, it all becomes automatic. See, like yeah. you know, so build these habits little by little. Stephen Dunier says, you know, uh, marginal gains over time produce significant results. And sometimes people can get so focused on the end result and then how they are away from it rather than focusing on the day by day the little bits in between that's part of the journey to get you to your goal brilliant yeah no that's that's brilliant yeah because yeah i, I, I agree 100 alan about the taking stuff off it's just something about that like it's mm -hmm. great because um like you say it's second nature after a while when you're doing it so long but like it's good like i agree to the way you say don't put every nitty gritty thing you're going to during the day, but just the, the points that are actually bringing towards a goal, just say, you know, you're doing your next yeah. triathlon or whatever it is, like ultra marathon or like well done for, for all that. That's, that's amazing. Cause um, I've done two marathons and I actually love the half marathon di distance. You ever do the half marathons? Cause yeah. I find it's a great way to see different countries and different places. Uh, and you're not, you're not yeah. too tired afterwards to have a bit of fun as well, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I remember I was in Munich after the, I went over with a friend and we both done the Munich Marathon and let's just say we, we found a way to an Irish bar now and we're singing karaoke till all hours of the night. So yeah, not only, we, we, we found the extra stamina after the marathon. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, no, perfect. Sorry, I just, you froze a little bit there. Sorry about that. Maybe you see internet in my house. Sorry about that. But um, yeah, yeah, no, it is a great way of seeing places, isn't it, Alan? Like uh, the different marathons you can do, even 10Ks or half marathons to see so much different different countries and different places yeah, even around Ireland. It, it's, it's brilliant, like, you know, and, and, and I suppose the people that, that, that you meet as well, I mean, you know, I've been to Munich and Copenhagen and Mallorca for, for different events and, you know, I've always met people and you meet like-minded people too, you know, so, yeah. um, and you can make connections and you just be surprised what that leads to, you know, um, you start branching out and you start making new connections with like-minded people that like to kind of push themselves and encourage you and, you know, your, your next thing, all of a sudden you're engaged in a community of people that just love to push each other around, see each other doing well and I seen the big challenge there this week, you know, the local community in, in Black Rock and County Louth and, you know, in particular, the Rock Salt Cafe there, they have a running team there every weekend. You know, people in shipping out, helping me out, and the support has been amazing. And it just, my eyes were opened up to, 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 a, to a wonderful community there and people just getting behind you because that's the positivity that running and, 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 and that can too is just you, you meet like-minded people and that can really open up new doors for you as well. So it's not just running and it's not just exercise. It just it just can open up so many doors and so many opportunities for you. So I, I would say to people, just don't see it as as running because you might never get attached to it. See it as, as a world of uh, opening a door to a world of possibilities. Yeah, well said. Yeah, yeah, that's that's brilliant, brilliant, Alan. Because like, no, like that's brilliant that you've you've came so far, like from from you know being in a kind of a rut um a couple of years ago like that that must feel now um incredible that that you've you've gone so far and you've achieved so much like 
that, that that's how does that feel? That must make, make, really make it feel uh, really good. Yeah, it's, it's, I suppose it's the, the the real transition. I suppose has been you know the experience of what I've learned about myself. Really, it's it's understanding myself now, kind of inside out. You know, I've understand when I first started getting into the sports, I would have been very hard on myself. You know, maybe I've had some bad races and I criticise myself or give myself a hard time or. You know, I probably wasn't learning from mistakes that I made and I used to get very frustrated with it. Whereas now I can say, you know, I didn't achieve my goal of seven marathons in seven days, but I did five and I'm absolutely ecstatic about it. And I've matured and I've gained experience and I'm aware that there's ups and downs and I'm aware that a very strong mindset is required. I'm aware that self-compassion is required. I'm aware that, you know, I've learned so much about myself. It's a very nice place to be when you know yourself very well and you know what your strengths are, you know what your weaknesses are. Um, it's a very, very nice place to be. But the thing about it is I still don't feel like I found my, my limits. And that's, that's why I, I suppose that that adrenaline seeking nature in myself, that competitiveness that's looking to keep pushing the boundaries a wee bit. Because if you said to me two weeks ago, I wasn't very confident if I'm honest. Um, and then I just found myself getting into a zone, getting into a groove getting stronger and quicker as the week went on and you know with, with the unfortunate injury to my Achilles I was actually getting stronger and you know after the first marathon I woke up in the middle of the night with cold sweats thinking Jesus what have I done I'm in pain my thighs are in pain I'm sore this is impossible and then my mind just clicked into a different gear and it's, I, I, I wrote down my thoughts then the next morning and I said well Alan you know you anticipated pain you anticipated suffering so this is nothing new so why are you panicking for mm. you know and that's all that from experience so once yeah. i did that i actually relaxed and i started to have more fun with it and i suppose it's what makes it so enjoyable is the journey from the last four years is just the, the races i've done the, the 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 lessons that i've learned uh, and there's nothing but learning when you do sports nothing but learning because you often lose more than you win you know, you often yeah. have more bad runs than you do have those PBs. So, yeah. um, you know, it's all part of the journey and, and, and it's wonderful to sit here now and just be very calm and very relaxed and be very appreciative of the fact that my body can do these things and yeah. that there's wonderful people around that, 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 in, that get inspired by doing these things as well, which is really mm-hmm. nice. Oh yeah, brilliant, Alan, brilliant. Because um, at the moment, like with COVID, like I know, you, unfortunately, you had that injury. I hope it uh, gets better quickly, you know. But um, at the moment, are you, which way do you find you find um, a good way of training at the moment? Do you have a kind of a regime that you you train a certain amount of days a week, or what way do you do you work it now? Yeah, well, well, now it's going to be uh, up 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 until the 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 event itself and and the injury. I was training six days a week. So I had a very detailed, structured um, training week. So I knew from Monday to Saturday, Sunday being my day off, um, what way exactly I'd be training every week. So my coach was very, very good. He'd have it um, laid out weeks and months in advance. And any time we needed to tweak it, he was ready to do that at the drop of a hat and, and adjust it around to maybe a busy weekend or, or, or something that has cropped up. So now at the moment, um, I'm getting my injury assessed tomorrow and I'll be taking two or three weeks off anyway. And then I'll hopefully try and get back into some trail running now for the for the winter, just to keep myself conditioned and taking over. And then I'm, I'm I have a few ideas in mind then for next year. One of them being um, the Jordan Ultra. I think it's 250k in 
the Jordanian desert um, next October. So that's something now I'm kind of um, so now I after each event I kind of get itchy feet. I always say that's it now for for another while, but then I get itchy feet quite quickly. Yeah. And, I, I start playing around with different ideas now and I, you know, I look into a few different races and a few different ideas and then when the time hits, I'll pick something and then that's it. I'm penciled in then, you know, for the next one. Oh yeah, brilliant. Because, um, like, it is tricky now because there's no races on at the moment. Like, the, like I, I usually take her, um, take part, like, in, in cross-country races. It's called the BHAA races. Oh. Did you ever hear them? Yeah. Um, no, I, I haven't heard of them, no, no. Yeah, they're the Business House Association races where it's all cross-country, um, like, 10Ks and 5Ks. But at the moment, like, all that ceased because of the, the COVID-19. But, um, mm. so... Like, but I think there's a lot of good ones as well called the virtual runs. Have you seen any of them where you can do yeah. uh, virtual 10Ks? I think they've done the Dublin Martin virtually there this year as well, where people ran yeah, on the yeah. What do you well, think of them? Yeah, well, they're fantastic. And, you know, if you're like me and you're competitive, you love races and, and especially you love a good medal. You know, I love a good yeah. medal, you know. Yeah, that's so, great, yeah. yeah. I nearly travel to, 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 to a Pacific race to do, a, to do a marathon for a Pacific medal. But, mm. I, 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 you know, you know, again, I, I mentioned at the start, is to, it's a very important that you can adjust and adapt yourself. And if you have a very fixed mindset and you've had planned to do a race the next thing COVID is cancelled it, you know, and you get down about it, you have to say, right, OK, I can't do that, but what can I do now? So... Yeah. Most people have the ability to run within the radius of their home. Um, you know, that's sufficient for, for, for most runners. I know it can be a bit monotonous, but you can still get out and you can still kind of set yourself targets and you can set yourself, be it a 5K or 10K or half marathon or marathon distance, you can still run those distances and you can still set PBs. So yeah. it's about adjusting, adjusting and adapting and virtual races are a great way to kind of pencil something into the diary get something to get excited about, something to kind of train for. Um, because as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, that I often find for me that um, once I lock myself into a race, then that keeps me so focused. It eliminates the decision then of either sitting on the couch or you know, or, or watching Netflix or getting out and getting the training session in. Because if you have nothing planned, it's very, very easy just to sit in the couch or to watch, make those excuses. So when there's something booted into the diary, I just think it keeps you accountable, keeps you excited. Um, so there's still lots you can do within a five-kilometer radius. And with those virtual events that's on, you know, there's any amount of them that's on at the minute. So if you really want to get out and run, you can do it. Yeah, no, that, that's great advice. Yeah, they're really good. Like, it's good. good. That even I think it's good to have, have just say I run with a friend of mine that lives very close to me. So like myself and himself enter with a few people in the job. And um, we were able to kind of um, check each other's um, times. Like, so it was good. It was, it was still kind of competitive, even though we weren't yeah. running the actual races, you could check. So it is good that way. It's, it's, it's fun to, to be able to do stuff like that still, even though there's no proper races going on, you know? Yeah, well, Strava, Strava becomes quite competitive. Strava's really good, yeah. It does, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know so if you have a friend down the country and, you know, you can say, right, well, we both go out and run a half marathon or a 10K and then you clock it on Strava there and you see who's breaking the records or who's getting the quickest time. So, yeah. I mean, there's very there's, there's lots of innovative ways that, you, you know, you can get very creative in times like this. And, you know, again, I, I, I ran five marathons in a, within a five-kilometer radius in five, in five days and, I had to adjust myself from my original plan. I didn't get upset. I didn't get frustrated. 
And then I come up with a route in County Loud then. So I come up with a full marathon route within the whole county. And then lockdown happened. So then I could only could do it within a fight. So I didn't get upset again. I adjusted and adapted and I adjusted and adapted. And I, I done what I was able to do, you know. So if you can handle the controllables, um, I think that goes a long way to kind of be having a very strong and steady, steady mindset rather than focusing on all the things that you can't do. You know, focus on the things you can do. And that's an art in itself. Yeah, do you there's a there's a few years, a few of your friends take part as well. Do do you kind of have a club that you kind of do that um as well, or is it more like individual for you, or do you take part as a team kind of thing? Yeah, it's a good it's 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 a good timing question because um I, I suppose for me I, I work shift work and because I've kind of had very specific structured coaching, I've always kind of it's been a very individual sport to me. Yeah. Um, so I'm very used to kind of going out in those long runs or going out on the bike for two or three hours or going out for a run for three or four hours all by myself and it's only really the last week um, I obviously I done this uh, event it was in aid of um, uh, the Little Blue Heroes so it's a, it's a charity for families um, who have children with long term illnesses so that in essence uh, kind of managed to get other people involved. So that was the first time really that I opened the doors Great. to kind of let other people in and to let other people kind of help out. And uh, that really just was a whole different level of, of uh, immense feeling because the, the, the people chipped in with kilometers or helped me out with some of the tough runs or kind messages or out in support or beeping the horn or you know clapping me on and that was the first time i've really opened up to kind of um letting other people get involved and the local cafe there they have a running club there every sunday and because of the way i work in my training plan i was mostly missing the runs you know yeah. but it's been fantastic so i'm really going to make the effort to to kind of get more involved with like running groups and clubs because i think it's important to do a little bit of both because yeah, for the type of races I do, mental strength is very important. So training by yourself, I think, is is important because you're not going to have anyone to hold your hand, kind no. of doing a marathon, you know. Of course. So, yeah. but then being able to go out and run in groups, then as well, it it adds a wee bit more of a social element to it. It adds more of a fun element to it, um, and yeah. it kind of a nice friendly friendly competitiveness to it as well. It's a lot nicer environment than kind of cutthroat road racing or. Or marathon racing at times, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, because I, I heard you told me before that you actually um raised a lot of money recently for for a charity as well. Um, uh, you were you were talking about that before you raised um a little bit of money for for a, a charity run, wasn't it? Yeah, so that was so I done it twice for the Little Blue Heroes. So well, the though, first time I, the first time I raised money was back last January. And that was for a midnight marathon down in Ballyhara. So that started at nine o'clock at night and it was 45 kilometers through the wind and rain um, up the Ballyhara mountains. And nice handy one. Nice handy one. <laughs> yeah. Everything went wrong. I, I, I put my back out. I started to cramp. My grind started to get sore. I, I felt sick. Um, I, I I actually have it documented on, on on my Instagram page there the kind of little videos that I took and you can tell I look uh, um, extremely ill and I managed to keep kind of pushing myself on and pushing myself on and I remember getting to the top of I think it's Bally Finn Mountain and I was on my hands and knees crawling at the top and I was really really cold and this girl came over to check to see was he all right and I just projectile vomited everywhere. And I said, that's it, I'm done, this is over. Uh, 
I, I can't physically go on anymore. Yeah. And then I managed to stand up and then I managed to kind of uh, gather myself and then I managed to keep moving my feet again. And, you know, that was probably the greatest learning experience that, that I've had in terms of any races I've done because I learned that even when you think you're done, you're not done, you know? <laughs> Yeah. It's a very fine line between knowing your body when it actually is properly injured and when it's just your mind playing tricks and you telling you that you're done and understanding that difference. Um, so that, we managed to finish that race. It took me about six and a half hours. Um, it was absolute torture. But, um, you know, after a few weeks in, that's when I decided to go for, for the Amsterdam Marathon and do something simple like a flat road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well-deserved, yeah. <laughs> rather than a mountain and and that's what led me then to to raise money again for the charity because they are an amazing charity and yeah. um you know as i said i i only had to suffer for a few days this week where some families kind of have to do that on a daily basis and um we managed to raise over i think we're we're on course to hit over six thousand euros raised now as well for the for the marathon attempts as well which is fantastic because i suppose it's very it was a very selfish and indulgent journey for four years, even though I was working on myself and working on my personality and working on, you know, my strengths and all my weaknesses. And now I'm at a stage where I find that I can actually help other people by doing things that I enjoy. And that's, so it's a kind of a, it, there's two, there's two sides to it. It's a personal journey for me and it's stuff I enjoy. And then at the other side of that is I'm able to help other people while doing what I enjoy as well, which is a pretty special feeling, you know. And it makes you feel uh, feel feel really good, like in, when you do like do something like that when you're helping a charity out, and you're when you're doing something you really enjoy, and then you're other people are getting a benefit of your enjoyment as well. Like it's it's a really really good motivator as well, I think. But I, I do feel your pain, Alan, about your um what happened there in the in the mountain run, the mountain run, because I did my first marathon. I was, I had, I, I hit a wall at the 20, 20 toward mile oh. or the 22nd mile. I just couldn't, I, I actually nearly cried like when I stopped because I couldn't go. Because <laughs> after being like getting to 20 toward mile, I was like, oh, I don't believe this. But like you said, like once you get going again and start walking and you, 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 I ended up finished and I was like, oh great, I finished it. But like I thought like I was finished <laughs> a couple of miles beforehand. Like it's, it's, it's unbelievable, isn't it really? When, when that happens, when you hit a wall on, on a race like that. Your, 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 body, your body does immense things, you know? And, yeah. and again, it's, it's in a mindset. I don't know about, I found in training runs, I remember in particular the Copenhagen Marathon, I set out for, for, for five months in advance to do a sub three hour 20 marathon. So even like my password at work was Copenhagen 320. So I used to have little subliminal messages yeah. all the time. I'd be feeding myself like that. And, you know, that's just a little trick for me that worked. Very good, you know, yeah. for, some, for some people, it could be a note in a wallet. Or I remember when I'd done training for the half Ironman in Mallorca, I used to have a little card in my wallet that said, put down the chocolate and cake. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. anytime I go to Costa and I went to pay for it, I'd see a little note that said, put down the chocolate and cake. You know, yeah. again, play... Yeah understanding yourself are those little tricks that kind of they might they may seem silly but that that was enough for me to kind of just keep a reminder to myself keep myself focused yeah. um you, you know and it was fantastic and i probably i lost my trail of thought there what was the original sorry. question sorry oh no i was i was only really saying about like um when he hit a wall like when he when he hit a wall like um in a marathon like um it's 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 unbelievable isn't it no you know you were apparently fine like that that you know um you can go ahead. Like yeah. You were, yeah, sorry. No, I have you there now. Yeah. So 
And and I remember the Copenhagen one in particular. So that the pacers for the three twenty actually set out quicker, um, the, the, than the actual pace should have been. But I had the the experience and the discipline then to to trust in myself to say that pace is too quick. Um, if I go with this pace, it's not going to be sustainable. Um, so I I managed to run at the pace that I that I had set myself to do to in order to reach a three twenty. Uh, and then I always had kept the green balloons of the paces kind of within my eye line. Mm. So as I got to about 31, 32 kilometers, the wheels come off. Um, the, the heat was unbearable. Um, my legs started to hurt. My head was telling me to give up. Oh and I, I, I remember from some training sessions, if, you had to, if I even had to go another 500 meters in, that, in the training session, I'd be done. You know, but I, I had another at least 10, 12k to go. But I just managed to channel all that kind of experience and all the, the pain and suffering from some of the races and all the mistakes and all the things. And I managed to get myself in the mindset of I'm getting that bloody time. And, yeah. you know, the little things like the, the messages put down the cake or the little thing about the password, uh, Copenhagen 320, all those subliminal messages. That's what I was feeding myself for months in advance. And I'm pretty sure that's the stuff, the subconscious mindset that was working away there, that was keeping me moving, that was keeping me focused. And I managed then to sprint down the, the finish line then to finish in 319, 21 seconds. That you know, and that was the that was the best feeling in the world because oh, I'm nice. telling you here now and you've experienced at marathons, I was cooked at 30 kilometers done. And my body somehow managed to just to get itself in such a state to keep carrying itself and build that momentum. And that was probably one of the most satisfying races I've ever done because of just how I managed to dig in and, and I managed to hit my goal kind of um, just under 40 seconds, you know, it was absolutely amazing. Congratulations. That's great. That's really, really good. Like that's really inspirational. Right? I was listening to kind of, you know, even though you think you're done and you're cooked, just if you push that little bit harder, like I think I probably heard before when you say you're out, if you're starting off running, like if you're, if you're starting off anything, every time you go out, mm-hmm. just even push yourself a little bit further every time. Um, and by doing that, you, you'll get to your, you know, you'll get faster, you'll get, you, you'll be able to run f- uh, further or whatever you're doing. It, it can be really good, you know, just try and improve if you can improve a little bit every time, you know. Yeah, I think, I think as well as finding things that kind of scare you a wee bit, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you read the book, Susan Jeffers, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And, you know, sometimes we I heard it's think really that. Good, yeah. yeah, it's really good. And it's just, you know, the message is feel the fear and do it anyway. She goes, no matter as you're constantly evolving and you're constantly improving and you're constantly changing, you will always feel fear. So as you progress, you'll always feel fear. As you go up the ladder, you're going to reach a new level. And then that be, you, you, you feel at the start again, it's like, I don't know enough and you have imposter syndrome and maybe yeah. I'm not good enough. So every mm-hmm. time you go up the ladder, you're always going to feel that bit of, um, I'm not good enough or, you know, um, you'll feel that fear, but feeling it and do it anyway. Um, is that that's one of the books that stands out to me of that that I've read because we often think like pro athletes, for example, the Brownlee brothers there, they're they're double Olympic champion and quite successful in the triathlon world, and you think these guys get up in the morning, skipping out of bed and singing and just absolutely love it, and you read about the struggles of them getting up and hating getting up and having difficult days, and you know they feel the fear before races too, and they get mm-hmm. nervous, and you know we're all so alike, be it. Yeah. be it someone trying to run 5k or a professional athlete trying to win a, a triathlon and olympics and uh, we're all so like we all feel the fear we all feel the nerves we all feel what if i can't 
And it's about pushing through that and doing it anyway, because anyone who's in a similar mindset isn't going to criticize anyone for giving something a go. And if people do, well, they're not the type of people you should have around you. So it's very important about the type of people that you're listening to. Are these people supporting you? Are these people encouraging you? Or are these people criticizing you? So having healthy boundaries around people that are, you're either going to be a life uh, drainer or you're going to be a life giver. You know, so you need to figure out who those people are and then set clear boundaries with the, the life drainers because they're not going to help you get, uh, walk towards your goal. They're going to suck the life out of you. Yeah, well, that, that, yeah exactly. That, that's, that's really well put. It, it, and Alan, um, you mentioned reading there. Is that one of your other things you like to do um, during the, these, these crazy times? Do you, do, you, do you like reading or what other kind of uh, stuff do you like to get involved in? I find um, I, I kind of... I, I, when I studied, I qualified as a life coach back in December 2019, so I did that for six months. So I read a lot of kind of, I suppose, um, mindset books, self-development books, um, and there's so much stuff out there, you know. But I would say to people as well, don't get bogged down in books either. You know, it's enjoyable to read and there's some excellent material out there. And one that stands out to most of me as a very simple book, it was called The Happiness Code by Dominique Bellucci. And... It is a very simple book, and it was the one that just stood out to me the most. Very yeah. simple, day-to-day, -day, 10 basic principles, uh, you know, how, how, how to become a happier person. Um, but I, I more so listen to, like, podcasts now. Um, I listen to, like, Russell Brand, or I listen to London Real, or I listen to, like, Brian Keane has a podcast, Shane Finn has a podcast. Guys like that, because there's really some interesting guests on it, and, you know... Yeah. There's a really um, good one called, um, sorry to put across here, there's a really good yeah. one there, Alan, called, um, um, it's by Alan Fitzpatrick, it's Changing Minds podcast, it's, it's a really, really okay. good one. Um, like, yeah, it's a really good one as well, because he, he goes through um, a wide range of stuff like NLP, CBT, um, all this kind of stuff, like really, really healthful mindset stuff, because that, that's what I'm getting involved in as well, so there's some similarities yeah. there, you know, but um. Yeah, so yeah, that's really good. Like that's because podcasts are. I've only really stumbled across podcasts in the last, say, year or two, but they're really, really yeah. good, aren't they? They're fantastic, and even for my training, like you know, when I used to go out in long runs, I just pop in a podcast, and sure, there might be an hour, an hour and a half long, and yeah, you're you're kind of so engrossed in the conversation of what's been said that you nearly forget about the pain in your legs at the time yeah. or the distance. Yeah. So they can be really good um, training tool. But I, I I suppose one thing I would say about books and podcasts. I think they're fantastic and I would, offer, I, I would encourage people to pick up books and reads because there's nuggets of information everywhere. But it's a very important that you also take action with some of that material and some of that knowledge rather than constantly being, you know, going around in the conveyor belt of, you know, picking up a book but never doing anything about it. Listen to a podcast that has great tips in life but never doing anything about it. And yeah. sometimes people get caught up then in the whole rigmarole of signing up to new training programs and signing up to new um newsletters and signing up to new things and buying new books and all these new fancy things but never actually take an action you know so these things are fantastic but be inspired and take nuggets of information from all sorts of different people and all sorts of different books but take action you know and let them help you let them act as a catalyst let them inspire you but take action in your own life because i think that's when people kind of can become unhappy is when you know the they aren't taking action or being the person I was that wasn't taking action. I was happy to sit on the couch. I was happy to eat fries. I was happy to binge and take whiz. I was happy to um, binge on Pringles and chocolate and all these different things. And I never took action, even though I was 
you know, reading books and trying to get myself fired up. You know, it's very important that, that you need to sit down and say to yourself, something has to change. You have to come to that conversation because no one can tell you that unless you've realized that for yourself. And once you know then yourself, okay, I need to change, then you're willing to open up kind of and listen and then you're willing to read and then you're willing to get help and then you're willing to go on a path then of change and self-discovery. Um, and it's changed my life from, from, from being that person that, that thought that I'm just going to, the years are just going to clock by and it's, things are never going to change. And here we are now and we're on a podcast and I'm talking about finishing five marathons in five days. I, I could barely think about finishing 5K four years ago, five years ago, you know, so things can change very quickly if you, if, if you, if you make the decision to change. Yeah, oh, that's just well said. Like even, as you say, even small things changing a, a small thing every day can lead on to something else. If you, if you change, let's say, stop drinking or stop smoking or just something like that, that will change absolutely everything else in, 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 about your life. Just even, not even stopping smoking, but cutting down or anything you, 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 do, you, you can, can change a little bit. It's leads to fun, won't it? A simple thing like drinking more water, like, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, as, exactly. as I said, you know, like a simple thing, I, I, I have a bottle of water here, it's 800 ml bottle and, yeah. you know, I, I kind of take that with me everywhere. So it's in the car and it's, if I go to work, it's there. If I go to the gym, it's there. So like changing, changing one thing at a time, again, yeah. how, you know, how do you eat an elephant, you know, <laughs> bit by bit, like, yeah. The, the worst thing people can do is sometimes is if they, they get into the fitness thing or just like they'll buy all the new gear, they'll buy all the new runners, they'll buy all the fancy gadgets, all the different things and get so excited, you know, and, and, and then become overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So especially if you're starting kind of from, 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 from a level where you haven't trained in a long time or maybe you haven't had the motivation or you're lacking that confidence, change one thing at a time. If that's if you if you can go out for five minutes a day and then increase it by one or two minutes even yeah. you know just do something that increases it slightly. If you drink a liter of water a day, try and drink one and a half liters a day. Simple little things, and then you build momentum with that. You know, and again as we talked about before, is the marginal gains. You know, and that's people are always looking for the the heavy hitters or the home runs of you know if I want to go to the gym, I want to be ripped with a click of a finger rather than the process of you know getting good sleep. You know, food prep, discipline, training, cutting out alcohol, cigarettes, all those little things that people don't see. It's like the iceberg effect, you know, all people mm -hmm. see is the tip. They don't see underneath where all that hard work and all that graft and all that mm -hmm. discipline and all that uh, stuff. The process. Focus on the here and what they do to get yourself closer for the goal. It's great to have a goal and keep that in mind. Don't get too overwhelmed by it because then you're constantly going, how far away am I from achieving my goal? Focus yeah. on the here and now and the day-to-day -day and what you can do today to be closer to your goal, whenever that is. Yeah, the process, the process, isn't it? Like, um, concentrating the process yeah. of getting there, you know, because goals can be great, but a lot of people, when they reach their goal, they, 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 they're happy for a while, but then they're looking for something better then. But then they're not enjoying, if you enjoy the process of getting there, rather than setting ma massive goals maybe do a small goal to get towards you know and enjoy the process really isn't it it's about that yeah and and and, and find and find what you're passionate about you know it's like you know for for some people you know i hear stories of of people going to gyms and you're like you know it's like oh i i 
I'm not really sticking with it. And you're like, why? Oh, well, I don't really like the gym. And I said, well, what do you like? And it's like, oh, well, I actually like basketball or I actually like hiking, you know? Mm. But do that then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know sense. what I mean? As well as that, but like Instagram, I suppose people feel the need now to be going to gyms or doing these things. You know, it, again, is knowing yourself inside out and knowing what you're passionate about and following that because no point living somebody else's dream and being miserable. Find exactly. what works for you. And, and you know, if you, I don't like going to the gym, but I, 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 I do it uh, on occasions because I know it's necessary to become a better runner and a stronger runner. So it, it has a place. But mm. I'm not the type of person that's going to go in and deadlift and do all these type of things. That's wonderful, people. But I'm, I'm armed with that knowledge. So I'm not going to go to the gym and try and stick at that for months and then hate it. You know, yeah. so if it's walking, if it's hiking, if it's knitting, if it's scrabble, if it's whatever it is, yeah. if it, there's something that you enjoy doing, you will more than likely stick with it. You know, I'm not going to run five marathons in five days if I don't enjoy the process and enjoy the challenge and enjoy the running to some extent. You know, it's not going to happen. So finding what you actually enjoy and turning that into an exercise or some sort of fun hobby or competitive thing, whatever it may be, and, and then stick with that. Yeah. Oh, well said. And I'm really, I've really, really enjoyed this podcast, um, Alan. Um, you've really, really given, given the listeners a really good insight on motivation as well. So I really appreciate that. I, I might just ask you one or two things um, I ask most of the listeners that, yeah. that come on just before we, we, we wrap it up. Um, yeah. So the first thing, um, what, what would your favorite book you've read? Do you have any favorite books or favorite authors that you, 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 uh, you've read? Yeah, that, that, that one sticks out. I mean, Jesus, there, there's so many I could list you off, yeah. 10, 15. But, but the one that stuck out to me just in, in, in particular for whatever reason, The Happiness Code, I mentioned it earlier, The Happiness Code by Dominique Berlucci. The, the 10 keys to happiness um it, it it just stands out to me it's so simple um it's so relative um and really does it's very thought-provoking book as well and that really helped me kind of uh, my approach and kind of helped me on the track to where i am now um so that is one of the standard books that i read that that was very very inspiring what's that called the happiness code is it the happiness code by dominique berlucci Oh yeah, that's great. Thanks very much for checking that one out. And um, the next thing, thanks very much, Alan. The next thing, um, would you have a favourite band or musician uh, yourself? Oh, Jesus, I, I can be quite cheesy with my music. Now. It's quite, it's yeah. quite, it's a bit like my interest in sports. It can be quite yeah. sporadic. Like, yeah. um, I always say my cheesy joke is Billy Ocean. I says, besides the Pacific, he's my favourite ocean. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I listen to like I love acoustic kind of music. Um, there's no one in particular that stands out at, at the minute. I kind of I, I kind of was such a rare. I listen to Andrew Bocelli. I could listen mm. to to Guns and Roses. I could listen yeah. to um, modern pop. I could listen to Queen. So it's quite quite diverse. And depending on the mood that I'm in. Um, I do like very calm, relaxed kind of music when I'm chilling out, but then I also like the kind of real high tempo kind of music when I'm out kind of on a kind of a fast speed session. So I wouldn't have anyone that stands out to mind, but Billy Ocean stands out for some reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, very good. Because it's funny, it's just guy Guns and Roses. I was meant to go see them um, in July. They were, meant to, they were playing in, um, in Marley Park. And because of COVID, all these concerts, have you, have you been to, do you like going to any concerts or have you been to any? Yeah, I've seen Guns N' Roses in Slane. I think that's about two and a half years ago now. Oh, yeah. They were in Slane and, and I've, been, uh, I've been to a few concerts. I suppose 
trying to find that balance of training and competition mixed with it. So I've definitely found a much better balance in my life now, even though I'm training just as hard. But I've I've given myself um, allowed more time for personal life and um, allowed myself to kind of spend more time with family and partner and uh, in doing those kind of uh, enjoyable things like concerts because you know again we're we're not professional athletes I'm only uh, an amateur athlete or who has a really really good hobby and I think it's yeah. very important to find that balance you know and to enjoy yeah. yourself because yeah. life's for living and we're not going to be here too long and um, right. make the most yeah. of it. Oh yeah, of course. No, great, great. Um, yeah, thanks for that. Now, just um, so I'll probably ask you, just say you didn't live in Ireland. Is there anywhere in the world you'd like to live, bar bar, bar here, bar, bar this country? It's funny. That I was only asked that question two days ago, um, <laughs> and for some reason, I can't I can't give you a proper explanation, other than I'd love to live in Munich, in okay. Germany. Yeah, uh, I speak. I, I speak a little bit of German and I've done a half marathon there and I've done a full marathon there and then I've been there another two or three times and I just think it's a beautiful city. It's just, I, I, I can't explain it. It's just a place I'd love to live. Yeah, I'll have to check that place out. Thanks very much. Yeah, I'll have to check that place out. I haven't been to Germany. That's one place uh, that's on my bucket list, sorry. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. The, the yeah, Munich, the Munich, there's a big, big Munich, well. Munich drink fest, festival as well. There's a lot of... Um, yeah, the Oktoberfest is there. Yeah, and, yeah. It, it's obviously not on. Um, it moment. might be on this year, but like, there's so much there. You have the Glockenspiel in, in the city, and then you have the, obviously Bayern Munich, the Allianz Arena, Bayern Munich Stadium. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just love it. And aside from that, probably Copenhagen as well. Is it's a stunning city. Like, uh, just yeah. very, very chill vibe to it, and one of those type of cities you could definitely see yourself living in rather than just a yeah. holiday. You know, it's it's very a very good. cool place. Because mm-hmm. um, it's funny you just said the Amsterdam half marathon is really good because it finishes up in the Olympic Stadium in Amsterdam oh. as well. So it's oh. all the different nationalities cheering people on when they come into the stadium. So that's a really good one to check out, like for anybody that's listening. Oh, that's that's excellent because that's the same in Munich as well. The the Olympic Stadium that's in Munich, that's the finishing lap is 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 in the Olympic Stadium. Right. You know. And I remember that's uh, they, they, they play these flashing lights as you come into the stadium, and they play that song by Van Halen, "Jump." You know, oh, and you're, good, you're, yeah. you're, you're, <laughs> you're coming around to do your big finishing lap then for the marathon, yeah. and it's it's in, in the Olympic Stadium, and it's absolutely spectacular. So, like we mentioned right. before, you know, you can mix the sport and you can mix that with a wee bit of travel too, and you can get the best of both worlds. It's yeah, absolutely it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a great way of seeing places. I agree, one hundred percent, really is. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah that, that's really, I just maybe might ask you one other thing. If you could kind of give anybody before you go um, advice about motivation, like what, what would it be? Just say you had a billboard to write something on for, for the world. Um, what, would you, what, would you, what would you say? Um, Funny enough, I, I was thinking about this before I come on about the word motivation. And sometimes, sometimes I struggle with it because, you know, People feel this need, uh, you know, to wake up and say, I'm not motivated today. What's wrong with me, you know? And let yeah. me tell you, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would say it's determination, you know. Yeah. Uh, motivation comes and goes. It's not something you're always going to feel. It's not permanent. It's, it's, it's not permanent. And it's something that, you know, some people say, oh, I haven't the, I haven't the motivation to go to the gym today or I haven't the motivation. And go, that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not always going to be there. Like, I don't jump out of bed every day no. and say, Jesus, no. A marathon today, or I'm going to take on the world today. There's days hmm. I struggle to even put on my socks. You know, I mean yeah. that's that's <laughs> yeah. just reality. So, yeah. so I think I think when you understand that, 
again, I call that self-compassion and being kind to myself and understanding myself. And once you understand that a wee bit, I don't, I don't give myself a hard time for maybe no. staying in bed an extra hour because some people do. Some yeah, people yeah. say, you know, oh my God, I, I'm, I'm, I'm disgusting. I stayed in bed for, for till 12 o'clock and so what? Mm, so what? Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, be kind to yourself. And, and what I'd say about motivation is it's temporary. It comes and goes. But the best way that I find is to lock in a goal, whatever that is for you, if it's running, if it's triathlon or whatever sport it may be, lock in a goal, keep yourself accountable, get yourself a coach. And then you can kind of, it gives you that drive and determination to stick with something, you know, but motivation will come and go. And throughout your kind of journey of achieving a goal, you will find sports of motivation to do things and there'll be days you won't. And once you understand that, I think then the journey becomes a lot easier. Yeah, well said. That's brilliant. Yeah, because um, I don't know if you ever heard of uh, Zig Ziglar. Um, he was a, like you, you uh, can, yeah, you've probably heard him before, have you? Alan? Uh, yeah, yeah, because he he actually was asked before, um, is motivational permanent? And um, he said no, but neither is sharing. Because <laughs> um, but if you don't do that, <laughs> you'd 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 uh, soon know people walking around their hands their nose like you know. <laughs> And yeah, he was yeah. saying, saying it's like that. You have to work on it every day, and just like maybe, like you said, like yeah. even set set up a little um, regime, not a regime, but set up a little thing for yourself every day, a little schedule that you do, like writing stuff down. Yeah. Can really help people, can't it? Yeah, it's like those little things that we said. It's 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 plain. You know, I read the book actually. Is another book actually is, is the Chin Paradox by I think it's Sir Steve Peters. So he, he, he worked with um, Olympic athletes and he, he talks about the chimp part for brain, the amygdala that controls our emotions. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, it's an excellent read. It's about to, if you if you want to run today or something, you say, right, well, I'll treat myself to a nice fat white after it. And that's enough to get you out. That's fantastic. You know, making things easier and having a structure, you know, going to bed at night and writing out a few little things, what you'd like to achieve the next day. You get up and, Maybe you could have your breakfast made, uh, prepared for the morning. Uh, maybe you could have your runners and your running gear laid out so that you're not kind of pulling it out of drawers or you're going through the tumble dryer. Little things and little tricks for yourself can make it so much easier and so much uh, smoother to kind of get into that kind of groove, you know. And it's all about learning and you find those things as you go along. So leaving your gear out and being organized, having your breakfast made the night before, making a to-do list then the night before all those little things they may seem innocuous at the time but they all add up to kind of when it comes to crunch times it's like no well, um, when you come home from work and you're tired but yet your training gear is laid out and your your food is already prepped you're like oh of course i'll go out but sure it's great yeah. you know it's yeah. here's ready my food is done i don't have to worry about it and and so it, it, it's tricking yourself and playing these games with yourself and you know so some days you're the gym party your brain the mickle is going to fight again you're going this is I don't want to do this. I just want to eat chocolate. I just want to watch Netflix. And then the frontal cortex or your logical side of your brain will kick in and go, well, my gear is laid out. I'm penciling to do my run now. Uh, so this is what it's going to be done. And it's about just really having a good understanding of how your mind works. And um, that, that can really, really motivate you and push yourself kind of to, to achieve your goals. It's about making the environment easy for yourself, really, isn't it? well do everything you can to just make it that little bit easier and if that's just a simple thing like making overnight oats well you know do it because it doesn't have to be there's no magic tricks here you know it's all just a little bit of work a little bit of uh organization a little bit of experience 
uh, that can have significant results, you know, because from a simple thing like me changing my diet and uh, setting myself a goal, here I am now talking on the podcast, talking about the achievements over the last four years and completing five marathons in five days, all from little marginal gains, which yep. have now turned into significant results. Yeah, brilliant. Well done. Yeah, listen, thanks a million, Alan, for coming on tonight. I really, really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Oh, I really enjoyed the opportunity to come on, Mark, and uh, thank you for taking the time. And uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. Hopefully, there's a good content there for people and hopefully inspire them in some way. Oh, it will, absolutely, yeah. But uh, the best of luck with everything in the future. Um, uh, we can, next year, hopefully, we'll get to Holland and do the, the full marathon over there <laughs> to Amsterdam. Yeah, or hopefully get out to the desert maybe we'll see we'll play around with a few ideas yeah, for another yeah. bit. I don't think I don't think I'll see you in the desert I might see you over that <laughs> <Sanabra. laughs> never say never never say never <laughs> okay thanks very much for coming on no problem Mark. thank you bye thank bye you. bye bye yeah that was that was Alan Connolly on um today's podcast um Mark's motivational podcast once again thanks a million Alan for coming on it was a really good interview um, really good insight for the listeners so thanks a million and take care of yourself and I really hope everybody enjoyed the, the podcast take care, thank you yeah, Once again, thanks a million uh, Alan for coming on the podcast and I really enjoyed the interview um, and the very best of luck with everything you do in the future um, so I hope you all enjoyed the interview as much as I did so um, tomorrow morning I have another three years on interviewing a lady called Fiona Sherlock who's released a really good book um, so stay tuned for that in the morning. Okay, take care. See you soon. Good night.